Welcome to Officially The Shit Show. I am your host, Jamie, a 20-something from Phoenix, Arizona. And like many of us, I am on a journey to figure out how to navigate young adulthood. For the past few years, I have been seeking out ways to best approach my 20s and the challenges my friends and I are facing. I felt myself wishing for some sort of resource that could help me get through it. And I was disappointed to find that the resources available currently are not actually created by people in our age group. It presented a unique opportunity to create this show and to start building up a community of 20-somethings who can support each other. Each month, I will sit down with friends of mine and other young adults across North America America, to learn what obstacles they are currently facing and what advice they have for others who are going through the same things. I look forward to having you be a part of this incredible community and building each other up through empathy, wisdom, and love. Hello, welcome to Officially the Shit Show. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I like, think this is going to be so much fun and to just kind of start off with an introduction. So do you mind telling your the audience a little bit about yourself, how old you are, where you're from, what you do for work, etc.? Sure. So my name is Christina. Uh, I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So, you know, the north, the frozen north. Um, <laughs> and I'm 26 years old. I currently work uh, as an administrative support assistant at the University of Toronto and I also work um, in an outpatient clinic at one of the hospitals here in Toronto as well. Um, and I'm really, really excited to be here today. Yeah, amazing. So Christina and I are really good friends from college at uh, the University of Toronto. And we also attended the same college within U of T, which was St. Mike's, of course. And I believe we first met through the mentorship program. Is that correct? Or am I misremembering? No, that is correct. So we lived on the same floor. Um, but you were in first year, I was in second year, and so I was kind of like, oh, first year's, like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but then in, yeah, really, I was really involved in mentorship, and then you got really involved in mentorship, and that's kind of how we became really close friends, and then ultimately, you know, led to us being here today. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it's so funny. I was looking through old photos from college the other day, and I think I actually have a photo from the moment that you and I had that conversation. It, it was clubs fair and, you know, you and Katie were there and I think I'd popped over to say hi and maybe I was taking photos for the event or something for Anna, but um, yeah, there's a photo of you two at the booth. And I'm like, I think that was kind of my introduction to you and mentorship. And then obviously I was very lucky you hired me on your team. Um, and then we went on to run another mentorship program together at U of T. And I just always found you to be, you know, a super supportive partner and obviously kick ass at everything you do. So we had a great working relationship and then that developed into a beautiful friendship as well. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think like you definitely were from day one, minute one, interview one, you were kick-ass and we were like, we need you on our team. We need Aww. this person to like, be a part of our team. And then everything you've done from being residents on to, you know, everything you did with sports and recruitment and all of that kind of stuff, absolutely 100% kick-ass. And I see big things in your future for sure. Okay, people, I'm not paying her to say any of this. I promise. Um, <laughs> no, that is super nice, though. And yeah, I think we just have a lot of respect for each other um, in pretty much every capacity. So that definitely helps for our friendship. And yeah, I'm so excited to speak with you today because I value your opinion. And, you know, you and I do go to each other for advice about these things. And I know we've gone through a lot of the same struggles that many of our listeners have as well. And so you were just the perfect person to have on the podcast. 
Um, and as I kind of prefaced it, you know, the point of the podcast, obviously, is to talk about these misconceptions that we had about being young adults and, you know, kind of what we're struggling with our lives in right now, and then to come together as a community to help each other get through that. So um, just to start off, what is one misconception that you had about being in your 20s or young adulthood in general that you found to be, you know, maybe something wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be or um, something you're currently struggling with? Um, what is something that you're going through right now? I think the biggest misconception that I had um, kind of coming into my young adulthood and as I've kind of gone through my 20s was that when you graduate from university and you've kind of done that whole experience, you will know exactly what your next step is and what your path is. Um, mm. And your dream job exists and your perfect life exists and you are well prepared leaving you know, the hallowed halls of whatever college or university you attended. And I think what I've learned is that's not necessarily true for most young adults. We come out of university, you know, some students lived in residence and kind of had this experience of like, I know how to do laundry maybe a little bit, but like <laughs> never had the opportunity really to do any cooking or anything like that. Um, so simple things like that, but then also larger things of like, how do you pay rent? How do you budget? Like, what is a mortgage? What are investments? All these things that like our parents talked about and, you know, you've heard other adults talk about and, you know, that, that was the definition of like adulthood, being able to know how to do all these things. And I think coming out of university, it's like, I should be so prepared for this world. And you're not necessarily, and you may be in a job where you're like, I make, you know, minimum wage. It's not what I love. Um, and just kind of getting to a place of like being okay with knowing that everybody kind of is struggling in that place. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think every single person that I know our age goes through that uh, slash is actively going through that. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I definitely, um, empathize with those feelings and have gone through it myself. And I know you and I have definitely chatted about that, that I think it's been pretty much nonstop since we graduated of having to, you know, figure out what we want to do and then something happens and it doesn't go the way it was planned. And then we have to get back in this stage of, you know, not being certain about the future. And we're kind of in a constant waiting period, which is really frustrating for a lot of people. For sure. And I, I think too, it's like, you know, you see in so many movies and TV shows and things and it's like people graduate and they get this really like amazing job and they have this amazing apartment and, you know, they have all these friends and you just kind of look at your life and you're like, but that's not my experience. Like I'm working mm -hmm. this minimum wage job. Most of my friends are working two, three jobs. Mm -hmm. I work two jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just kind of like, how do you find that reality of like this is where you know your 20s are and this is what it's like in your 20s it's not some people get lucky and they get that and you know that's great but for most of us it's really like you look around at your friends and you're like but you have a really cool job and you have a really cool job and I don't and the reality is it it takes time and you kind of have to go through that process of like this really sucks and I've had a lot of people say to me, you know, you couldn't pay me to go back and do my 20s over. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really, a really big thing too, of like people realize that this is a real thing. And, you know, being in your 20s is hard. 
Yeah. And kind of that, not to be totally cynical, um, because neither you nor I are cynical, I think, but um, I think that's tough when you hear people describe it in that kind of generalized way as well, that it's your 20s in general. I mean, that's a decade of your life. And if you are, especially if you were starting out in your 20s or you're kind of lower level, you know, for me, I'm going to turn 25 in a few months here. So I've officially reached the midpoint. Um, That's scary to know that could be five or six more years of my life of feeling this way and just not having that certainty. Um, If you feel comfortable, do you have maybe like an example or a story you could talk about with your own experience of going through that kind of like, what was this path you saw yourself on and then it didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, And then kind of how you had to reconvene and reflect and figure out how to transition to a new path. For sure. Um, So I think I kind of, kind of starts when I started university. So a little bit kind of before, but I came into university with this kind of preconceived notion that I was going to go to law school. I was going to be this, you know, kick-ass criminal lawyer who was going to, you know, defend everybody. Mm -hmm. And when I arrived at university, I realized that there were so many possibilities and there was so many things that I could have done. And it really became hard for me to narrow down that choice. And what I fell in love with was student life and accessibility. Um, And when I graduated, I was like, absolutely, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to get into. And so for me, it became this, okay, how can I realistically, you know, stay in student life and do what I want to do in student life. Um, and it, it basically there was, I had a dream job opportunity come up and I applied and I knew the manager really, really well. And she and I had many conversations about this role and kind of where she saw my career going and all of these kinds of things. And I was like, great. Um, did the interview, felt like the interview went really, really well, was really excited. And then got a call from her being like, we've actually decided to go with another candidate. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop in the sense of like, is this what I should be doing? And it caused me to sort of reevaluate what was important in my life um, and kind of where I wanted to end up. And then I think the the biggest thing was when COVID hit um, and kind of trying to figure out what my identity was going to look like in my career, not really knowing kind of what that next step was. And what it led me to was to do a one-year college program. So for you would be like, I guess, similar to a community college Mm -hmm. um, program and really enjoyed my program. And I think I kind of went through that cycle again of like, I love this. This is what I want to do got into my placement and was like, absolutely not. This is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I think, I think really for me, what I had to do was I had to trust in my support system and in the people that I reach out to on a, on a regular basis. And to really, I'm a big person that talks things through and like looks at every avenue and every kind of opportunity Um, I also, like you, believe that everything happens for a reason. And so Mm -hmm. I'm trying in my 20s now to take every opportunity, whether it be a job or school or anything like that, and look at it as an opportunity to learn something, to learn something about myself, to learn something about what I want to do, what I don't want to do, and just really kind of narrowing down this career path that everyone says exists, but I haven't found it yet. But I I definitely think it, my biggest kind of piece of advice to people would be 
you know, even if it's your parents, even if it's your friends, even if it's, you know, your pet, just have somebody who's willing to kind of sit with you in that moment, in those feelings, and know that it's okay to feel that, like, I don't know what comes next. And for people like you and I, Jamie, who are planners and who kind of have to know what comes next, that can be a really scary moment to be like, I don't know where my career is going to end up. And it's taken me a long time to kind of be okay with the fact that like, I don't know what January looks like. I don't know what next September looks like. And I have goals. I have things that I want to accomplish, but I've learned in my 20s that there are going to be many times where you're like, I want to do, I want to do this. And you're on a completely different track in two months. Um, so I would definitely say like, I've tried to take every opportunity that I can um, and just kind of grow from it and, and learn. I've learned that what I don't want in a manager, what I do want in a manager, what I do want in a position, what I don't want in a position. And so just kind of being open to taking those opportunities and those risks. Yeah, I mean, that is be- beautifully well said. Um, did you write that down? Um, wow. No. <laughs> no, I know you didn't. You're just very well spoken, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm inspired. Like, yes. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I-, I think that was so lovely. And um, yeah, so much great info and advice there. And you know, obviously I, that's one of the things I love about you is your optimistic view on life and how you constantly have taken every challenge that you've been through, you know, when, while we've been friends at least and found out, you know, even if it was hard and like you said, you did sit with those feelings, you really took the time on, you know, to reflect on how to turn that into a positive and a learning moment. Um, and I think that's incredible because, you know, it's really difficult for sometimes for people our age to, to not just kind of give up and lose hope and, and get really cynical about all these opportunities that kind of come on our plates and we think are so great and then they don't end up working out, you know, how we thought they would. So yeah, I really, really admire and appreciate that about you. So to take it back to that moment when you find out you don't get this job that was your dream job that you had thought about for years, everything seemed like it was falling into place and then you get that call you know, in those times you were reflecting, do you feel that it was kind of a false sense of optimism created? Like what percentage that was created by you versus the environment in the situation? And what do you think led up to that moment? You know, I think a lot of feedback that I hear from, let's say like, you know, adults in my life or, you know, older adults in my life (laughs) is, oh, you all like have it so easy and you know, you're not like working hard enough and all this stuff and you just expect things to come for you. So I've been trying to do a lot of reflection myself on that. Like, am I sitting here when I don't get an opportunity? Am I just creating false optimism? Like, where's that coming from? Cause I don't think that's what I'm doing, but like, what is your opinion on that? Do you think people our age do that? Did you do that in your moment? Or if not, like what made that situation so imbalanced where you thought it was, I'm not saying you thought it was a for sure in, but you know, it seemed like it was going to work out and then it just didn't. And that seemed like a complete 180. Like, where did this come from? Like, how do you think we create these moments? For sure. And I, I definitely think it is that kind of like dream chasing mentality of, you know, mm. grow up and we're taught that like, you can do anything you set your mind to. Um, and I think for me, the hardest thing that I always hear from interviews is, you have amazing opportunity, you have amazing skills, but we went with someone who has, you know, one more skill than you do, or 
or something, you know, different than you do. Mm-hmm. And when I ask for feedback in interviews, it's like, well, there's nothing I would change. You can't interview any better. <laughs> so I think there is that kind of, I put that optimism on myself of like, okay, I, I feel like I interviewed really, really well. Um, and so I think, I think a large percentage for me comes from, okay, I walked out of that interview and I felt really, really good about, you know, what I said, the way I answered questions, all of those kinds of things. I think in this particular situation, there was kind of this expectation that I had put on it as well of like, I know who the hiring manager is. I know who the key players are. I know the job. Like I was basically doing that job in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think I had placed that kind of expectation on myself. Um, And then when I found out that I didn't get it, there kind of became this, this 180, like you said, 180 moment of like, okay, well, one, this person who, you know, I looked up to and saw as a mentor in my life has just told me that I can't live out my dream. And that was really hard because Mm -hmm. I was like, I trust you as a person. I trust you as my mentor. I trust you as my future boss. Um, And I think I spent a lot of time in a lot of really scary head spaces because I was like, I came out of university with this dream and I had no idea what came next. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was it. This was what I had dreamt of. And I think in, in those moments, we really just have to lean on our support systems. And I'm really, really lucky. I have an amazing support system and, you know, in you and in my other friends, but then also kind of in this, I refer to them as like my larger extended family. Um, so not like my blood family, but people who I've met along the way who have become mentors. And mm-hmm. I think just really leaning on them in those moments of like, was I overly optimistic? Was this something that I, you know, I shouldn't have done and, and kind of reflecting on it with them. And I kind of, again, have that experience of like, everybody I talk to is like, you're going to do really big and really amazing things with your life. And I'm like, but that's not my experience. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not getting the big and amazing opportunities. Um, and so it's, it's kind of sitting with that of like, there's this part of me that feels guilty um, because I'm like, maybe I didn't answer a question as well as I should have, or maybe I didn't take that opportunity when I should have, and that would have got me the job. And so I kind of go in that headspace of like, now I don't know. And, and that, that sense of like optimism is gone. And I walk into the next interview and I'm like, I'm not going to be as optimistic. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And then I, I don't get a job and I'm not as disappointed, but I'm also not as excited. And I think there's mm. the balance of like, when you interview, you want to show that you're really excited. But at the same time, it's like, I've had the optimism taken away from me so many times that I'm like, why would I be excited? Yeah. Almost like a defense mechanism and protecting exactly. yourself by putting up that wall. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that sucks, for lack of a better word, like, it it really does suck, because, you know, I feel like, even though the opportunities aren't happening, I, I don't think that those are made up, I think, like, the opportunities do exist, it just, again, we believe everything happens for a reason, those ones didn't match up, but it's really too bad that there's that 
discouragement there. Um, and I, again, I think that's why it's, it's interesting to think about, um, you know, instead of just brushing off these comments from kind of the, the older adults in my life about like, oh, you shouldn't just expect that. And, you know, like, it would have been too easy. Like you shouldn't expect things to come so easy to you. You know, I try to really sit with that and be like, okay, well, what was my part in this? Um, so it sounds like you've been, you've been doing that and that's been a part of your reflection, which I think is amazing. Um, and I find it really interesting. You use the word guilty. I'm wondering if you could expand on that a bit. Like, is that guilt towards yourself, towards the situation, towards other people involved in those interactions? Like, can you elaborate a bit on that, on why it makes you feel guilty? For sure. I think, I think the guilt that I feel is mostly my own. I'm guilty because I didn't maybe showcase the skills that I have in, an, in a way that, you know, would have got me that job. I think there, there is that part of me that's like, I don't want to feel that guilt. So where can I talk about my skills? Where can I say, okay, this is, you know, where I want to be and where I need to be? Um, because I don't want to look back and be like, I really feel guilty that I didn't talk about this. Yeah. So your guilt is towards yourself and kind of the, the blame and accountability that you're taking for why you didn't get this job as opposed to blaming the circumstances. Well, I think that's a very, um, mature view for sure. Um, and I, and something we could all use, right? Uh, I think it's, kind of a natural human thing to go to, oh, well, you know, it was because of this and this person, you know, the interviewer didn't like me or, you know, they misrepresented the job presentation by saying it was entry level, but then they went with someone experienced, you know, it's like you're, you're really taking accountability for that, um, which I think is wonderful. And I think it's something certainly I could be doing more and other people our age could be doing more because it's, it's easy to just default to blaming um, others and making excuses. When you go through this reflection process afterwards and you think about like, okay, look, this wasn't a case of all these external factors. Like here are the things I could have done better. And then you think about how you're going to improve for that next interview, that next kind of coffee chat. Do you feel better? I always come out of it, I think, with a some sense of optimism. I think a lot of times when we reflect, we're like, this sucks. It's horrible. And yes, it is. And I, I let myself sit with that for a little while of like, it is horrible. It does suck. But I come out of it optimistic and I say, okay, what is my next step? Or where is my gap? What skills am I missing? You have to really be willing to push through that moment. Somebody somewhere is going to see your value. It may not be your dream job, mm -hmm. but it may be a jumping off point to getting you there. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you. Like I, I think there's really, really great advice in there. And um, I know that you, Summer Tai, we've switched jobs uh, many times since we graduated college. So uh, that constant process of having to reapply and search through new opportunities and go through this, you know, immense stress cycle of, is this ever going to work out? Am I ever going to find a good fit? Um, is really, really tough. And I know that you've worked a lot in contract positions as well as have I. Um, and, you know, that's tough too, right? Like you, you finish a contract and whether you like it or not, there's kind of an expectation that, you know, you were hoping it would lead to something else and then it doesn't necessarily do that. And that's really hard to sit with and can lead to those places of darkness. So when you, you know, talk about overcoming that, what is your process for getting to a place of darkness back to that optimism? I think for me and the advice I would give to other young people is 
that process is going to take you as long as it's going to take you. If that process takes you two months, that's fine. But it's a really hard and devastating experience when something you want so badly doesn't come. And you need to let yourself just kind of feel that. Um, because it's really easy to say, oh, it's fine. Like it wasn't meant for me. Go into the next interview and be this really like jaded version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you want to definitely get away from that because you want to walk into every interview, every opportunity, every experience with, I'm bringing my best self into that interview. And you know what? Sometimes you're not going to walk out of an interview and be like, I did the best that I could. But you're going to walk out of it. And you're going to say that was a really great experience. And I always tell people that at this age is that interviews are really, really valuable experience. You take nothing else from it. Take that it's a valuable experience. And so all of those things kind of bring me back to that place of optimism of like, hey, it was an experience. I interviewed with this company. I know what this process is like. This is what I can take. And I know that there are going to be people who are going to say, but that takes me a really long time. That's fine. Let it take it take as long as it takes, um, but just never lose that hope and that optimism that somebody out there is going to see your value. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, listeners, you got like a four for one in the advice uh, context yeah. today. <laughs> like this was great. Yeah, no. And I think the one, the other thing I was going to say that I think kind of goes hand in hand with this is like, I think it's really hard at a young age to find those outlets. My outlet growing up was always sports. If I was upset about something, if I was angry about something, you know, I'd go play sports. And for some people it's shopping or whatever. But I think at this age in our twenties, it's really hard to find those communities because in university, those communities were created for you. You walk out of university and you're like, well, where did all this support go? You mm -hmm. know, I have to pay to do things. I have to like make an effort to go to a bar and, you know, meet people if that's you know, your scene or whatever, um, or, you know, if you get a pet and like the dog park becomes your scene. And, and I think because as we get older, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but for me, that support system shifts and it can be a really scary moment when you're like, everybody and everything that I know is just gone. And that I think plays into this as well, because it's like, well, I would normally reach out to this person, but now I can't reach out to that person. But it's finding those other ways that you can bring that optimism back. So maybe it's not, okay, I can go, you know, play hockey and like get out all my aggression. But maybe it's that like, I can have a really meaningful chat with a friend or whatever um, and know that when the time is right, those communities will come back into my life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, it's a cycle as well, just like the jobs of, you know, having those friendships and that support system. Um, for anyone who didn't listen, episode one, we actually do talk about that, the friendships and, you know, how tough it is to have a community after you graduate. But I think that's really important too, is a place to stay optimistic, because I, I certainly have found that even in the last six months of relocating from Toronto, you know, back to the States and uh, going through ups and downs with friendships here and it seeming like a bit of a roller coaster. Um, and I think that's a common theme with many aspects of our life for those of us in our 20s. But yeah, I think that's great advice to just know like your people are out there, your dream jobs are out there, like these things will happen. And, you know, you just have to 
find whatever process works for you to get out of those dark places when you do enter them and get back to an optimistic viewpoint um, and, and be like willing and confident enough in yourself and your network to go out there and create those opportunities as well, you know, if they're not just landing on your doorstep. So yeah, I think the advice you gave Christina was, was wonderful. So thank you so much for everything you shared and this amazing advice. And I think everyone can take something away from this episode. Um, in terms of, for our followers, if you want to share anything, do you have anything you want to promote something that you're doing or a great resource that you've used, um, kind of in these challenges you've gone through in your twenties, like anything you want to, um, promote? For sure. So I think for me, like I spend a lot of time reading, like, um, you know, books like the defining decade and the happiness project and just kind of things like that, that really do bring that sense of optimism um, mm -hmm. to my life and like looking at it and being like, okay, if people are writing books on these, on these topics, it's not just me. And so to mm -hmm. kind of know that like, these topics are out there and, you know, to really validate some of that, like it is okay to, to deal with this. It is okay to kind of struggle with that. Um, but yeah, those are definitely kind of the biggest things that I've used. And then, you know, just really using LinkedIn, using 10,000 copies. I don't know if, if everybody's kind of familiar with that, but just taking those opportunities to have those coffee chats with people and learning about what they do um, can be really valuable as well and a, a really cool resource, I think. Um, and I like to use LinkedIn learning as well to build certain skills um, because I think that's a really valuable resource too to be able to say, well, you're looking for, you know, for example, somebody who's, an Excel wizard. And I've taken a course on LinkedIn learning on how to do everything in Excel. Mm -hmm. um, and, and having those things to really fall back on as well, I think are really, really valuable um, things and things that I use and find very helpful. Yeah, I think that's great pointing out LinkedIn learning and there's, you know, tons of other free resources online where you can go and again, in this line of like creating opportunities, instead of, you know, if you go to a job interview and you get feedback, like, hey, you were great, you interviewed well, we liked you a lot, but we want someone with X skill, right? And you don't have it, instead of sitting there and kind of waiting around as some of us, and I have certainly, you know, I'll put myself in that category, I've done that in the past, I'm like, you know, well, how am I supposed to get that skill if no one will hire me to do the job and learn that skill, right? And I think taking ownership of that and some of that accountability that you talked about earlier and, well, great, let me go learn the skill, right? And you will be able to in some capacity, whether that's learning from a friend or a family member or finding a free course online, like, you know, you can find some way to learn that skill and the next time you go into an interview for a job like that, you know, you reach back out or even reaching out to that same company you interviewed with and saying, hey, you told me this was my feedback, you know, that you wanted me to learn, let's say, how to be a social media manager. Here are the courses I went and took. This is everything I've done to master that skill. If you have a future opening, you know, I'd love to be considered. Like, can you imagine what that would say about you? Like, I can imagine people would be pretty impressed, right? <laughs> like, you took that initiative and, and you reached back out to just, you know, reaffirm like, hey, I'm really interested in working for you. Like, that's what people want, right? Like, of course, the logistics and experience have to match up when hiring someone. But if someone really wants to work for your company and they're showing that initiative, 
you know, I think that's a pretty good reason to open up even like a coffee chat, like you said, and just meeting with someone who works for the company and seeing where you can find an opportunity that matches your experience. But yeah, there are certainly things you can do to go out there and create those opportunities for yourself. So yeah, I think that's wonderful advice, Christina, like to use platforms like LinkedIn Learning to do that. Um, and yeah, those books will go ahead and link to Finding Decade and The Happiness Project. Um, I know you've recommended The Happiness Project. I'm going to be reading that as well. It's on my list, but certainly The Defining Decade. We've mentioned before in other episodes too, like that's just such a great resource. And again, like you said, gives you that validation that it's not just you going through these struggles, um, which can be really reaffirming and important, I think, for people our age. So thank you so much for everything. This was so amazing and wonderful. I really enjoyed talking with you. I know our listeners are going to love everything that you had to share and all the incredible advice that you gave. Um, so yeah, I just really appreciate you as always and our friendship and for you taking the time to be on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I love giving advice. It's what I enjoy doing. So um, <laughs> definitely. And for sure, like, I'm so proud of you. And this is an amazing show. Oh, thank you so much. We will chat soon. In fact, I'll text you right after this uh, <laughs> and we'll keep on uh, talking. But yeah, thank you so much again for being on the show um, and we will talk again soon. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation about facing obstacles and navigating early challenges in your career. I absolutely loved chatting with Christina and hearing the thoughtful advice she had regarding making the most of failures and finding her positivity again. Please reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram at officially the shit show, or send us an email at officially the shit show at gmail.com to share any advice you have for creating opportunities in your professional life and making the most out of setbacks. I look forward to hearing from you and continuing on this journey together. Take care, everyone.